planet. For more info, go to danimalplanetradio.com. Because when he's on a meeting, he doesn't talk to anybody but God. Now, Oral used to fly airlines. Right. But it, even back mm-hmm. there then, man, mm-hmm. it, it got to the place where it was agitating his spirit, sure. people coming up to him. He right. had become famous and they wanted him to pray for him and right. all that. Oh. You, you can't. You, you can't manage that today. Right. The, this dope-filled world. Right. And get in, an air, get in a long tube with a bunch of demons. Right. That's exactly the <laughs> And it, it's deadly. And, and it works on your heart. It really does. So I, anyway, I'm, I wanted to make that clear so the devil can't lie to you and say, see there, them preachers spending yeah. all that money, just, just fat cats riding around. No, we're not. We're in business. We, we got a dying world around us. Just, we got a dying nation around us. That's right. And we can't even get there on the And you, ca- you can't. Ladies and gentlemen, now the moment you've all been waiting for. This is the real shit right here. Hello? Hello? Anybody home? Hey! It's time now for Danimal Planet. What's that smile on that face? Danimal Planet Podcast is available by visiting danimalplanetradio.com. All right. Whoa, boy! You want it? Take it! Where do you think you're going? You're ready for something? Take it! Now, let's start the show. Oh, hell yeah. That would be great. And welcome back. Another edition of Danimal Planet Radio. I am Dan McGinnis. Thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate it. Very excited about my guest today. Really, really good friend. He's a brother from another mother. Heath Johnson. He's had me on his show, The Heath Bar, twice. Uh, So I'm very uh, excited to have him on my show this time. Uh, Although we did it at his house. Um, I was in the Black Hills at the beginning of December. And uh, we just had an uh, an awesome uh, chat and just a, a nice visit, as we always do. We touch on that, but Heath has got such an interesting story. He does so much for us musicians uh, throughout the Black Hills area with Songwriter Association, uh, setting up uh, venues and and so many events for us to perform at, introducing musicians to each other and just kind of gluing the community together. He doesn't give himself nearly enough credit. We'll talk about all of that. Heath also, in his mid to late teens, was a pastor. So we talk a little bit about that. So if you're of the nature where... You know, you're a little sensitive about uh, religion. You know, we weren't disrespectful in our interview, but I'm just going to like throw it out there because everybody likes to get into a pissing match and whose dick is bigger and, you know, whose God is cooler. Uh, Just stop listening right now. I'm just going to say it right now. I I love people listening to my show. This is not about whose religion is better than than anybody else's. But uh, Heath has that background and he gets to tell his story. So we enjoy it. And we, yeah, we have a few laughs because <laughs> we uh, make fun of some of the televangelists and the people that are not paying taxes. That's really like kind of the, the, the driving force of that subject. It's like, you don't pay tax in religion, you're going to get talked about. So anyway, the interview with Heath Johnson coming up in just a few moments. In the meantime, a segment that I uh, would like to introduce to the show, been meaning to do it for a long time. And yes, I have a list. You know what everybody says about me, huh? I suck. Ooh, you suck. Fuck. You suck. You suck. Fuck off. 
You know, I've often thought of becoming a golf club. Son of a bitch. It's official. You suck. You suck. And there you have it. The name of this segment, as you could probably put two and two together by that intro, is Things That I Suck At. Now, I like to have fun with myself. I'm confident in who I am and what I am, and I am not afraid. <laughs> as I mentioned, I got a list. I'm not afraid to point out things that I suck at. Now, I could do a whole show about things that I'm good at. That's just not as much fun. So uh, each, each podcast, I'll try to bring you uh, a little uh, segment of things that I suck at because it's just, it's just kind of fun. You go about the day and you're like, you know what? I'm not good at that. And it's, uh, it's quick to, and it's good to realize, like, you know what? I'm quick to realize, like, yeah, I'm, I'm just not good at that. So uh, I'll just go off of uh, this morning's, you know, counter. Does that now my, my, my counter, my kitchen counter is coffee colored. That's a beautiful marble kitchen counter. Uh, but there's a lot of like brown influence in there. So a lot of times when I spill coffee, I don't, I don't necessarily see it. I absolutely suck at pouring coffee. The, the, the carafe. I, maybe people listening to this are, are going to say, yes, I have the same problem. Like who designed the coffee carafe? Because I've poured a lot of coffee crafts in my time and they spill. Is there like the perfect angle? Do you have to like pour it, I mean, slowly or fast or whatever, and it's just like starts dripping everywhere. And I'm talking, if, let's just say I've poured a thousand carafes of coffee into my coffee mugs through the years. I'm going to say like 980 of them. I have spilled coffee. And it's just like, you add that up. That's a lot of coffee through the years that I have wasted. Now I have like my coffee grinder. I make really good coffee. I think I make good coffee, but like I end up spilling it all over the counter. And it, it's not just the coffee craft, but I'm just gonna say like this morning it was just like, really? I'm 42 years old. I still haven't figured out how to like properly pour coffee into a mug. God damn it. Listen, I've got to give a, a clue here now. I don't want any more bullshit any time during the day from anyone. That includes me. It's fun. <laughs> One of two reasons why someone puts a sock on their door in college. Oh. We're, we're on the air. <laughs> exactly. We're joining this in progress. It's uh, finally me having Heath Johnson on my Danimal Planet podcast. Yeah. As we sit in your garage on your equipment, and your microphones. <laughs> and we just did the Heath Bar, what, a few weeks ago? We did. A couple, so was, yeah, not that long ago. It was pre-election. It was. Oh, it was pre-election. <laughs> you released it the day before the election. So much has happened in a few weeks. <laughs> so Holy much has shit. happened. So I'm back out here in the Black Hills this <laughs> oh week. Oh, God. Uh, I had, had some uh, a meeting this afternoon with another uh, <clears throat> radio station in Belfouche. Uh, so anyway, Heath Johnson. On the Danimal Planet podcast. Oh, it's so nice to be here, man. <laughs> in your own house. I feel so in your own I feel so blessed to be here. See, you know, Whitney, your wife knows that you're in the garage doing this, but like she's she probably does. thinking, Well, you're in the garage. Do you think you can get some work done while you're oh, on man, the radio? I know while, while you guys are having fun on the radio, can well, you clean up the garage a little what's bit? What's funny is I've cleaned this garage <laughs> seven times this year. And you can't tell. No. You can't tell. No offense. Like this like this behind you looks great. 
does. The walls are painted, you know, space for the cars to park and everything. Vehicles look nice. Yeah. yeah you know, all right. Huge Behind garage. me, it's just bikes and tools and kayaks and vinyl. <laughs> it's, and a, it's a very shit. summer garage and it's <laughs> it, winter now. It definitely and it's, is. It was snowing the last time we sat down. Yes, it was. And it's snowing out again now. I think it might be your fault. Sucks. It's, you're bringing it with. It totally sucks. It's Windy City, man. That's right. It's windy. <laughs> yeah. Ah. One of these days I'll clean it and it'll stay cleaned. But uh, until then, this is what we got. So what? as soon as we hit record and you know Heath was in mid-sentence uh, explaining about the uh, Songwriters Association, let's just start on that. Because yeah. How that started off. Uh, because you've done so much around here for the locals, myself included. All the gigs that I got around here were because of you. Like we, could, e- we could even tell the story about how we met. That might that might be you might be being too modest with that. You've got to. I always called you the golden voice of the hills. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, like it's the golden voice. Was I eating a blueberry muffin and I, coffee? Yeah, yeah, I know. And now I. But well, let's see. Where do I start? Uh, like what prompted you to start? Yeah, that. Um, so. I'd been playing for a while. I'd met, a, you know, met a few people that had been playing as well, and I got into songwriting through uh, hanging out with, with you know, the iconic Jason Guthmiller. I think oh. I talk about him every single time I can, but uh, he really turned me on to some some artists that I had never heard of before. That you know were song they wrote the songs they sing, which. If you know anything about songwriting and anything about that world, that's not often the case with a lot of what you're going to hear on the radio. Right. They have they hire people to write the songs, and then yep. they find someone that has a you know a golden voice like you over there, <laughs> and then they sing it. You know, <laughs> but um, but that really got me just I curious and seeing if I could do it myself, and I enjoyed it, and I've I've written a few and. Um, a few of them people like, a lot of them people don't, and that's just how it works. <laughs> a lot of them I don't like, you know. Um, but as I got started hanging out and meeting a bunch of other people to play music, I, it kind of hit me that they all didn't know each other. You know, they'd kind of, oh, I, I think I've seen that name before, but they totally. didn't really know each other at all. And it seemed weird to me that in, a, in an area this small, I mean, South Dakota alone, I think, is only, what, 800,000 people. So you wow. divide that, yeah. you know, the Black Hills area is... There's not that many people up here. and So uh, anyway, yeah. as you were saying. Yeah, so it just struck me as odd that, that none of us knew each other. And it's like, man, because they're all, I thought they were all great songwriters. They had some fun fun tune, tunes that they wrote and they enjoyed doing it. They'd been doing it for years. Again, it was kind of, they, they knew each other's name, but they didn't hang out and didn't connect, didn't do things together. The, the common, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so that got, that's what kind of prompted me to start the, the songwriters group, South Dakota Songwriters Association, was just mostly to connect and get together, maybe do some co-writes, just build up that craft of songwriting yeah. here in the Black Hills. And have like an industry night, you know, but yeah. numerous nights. But yeah, yeah, have stuff that stuff that we did. And so that all turned into the like the songwriters rounds that we did. Yeah. Um which those are, those are awesome. They're such a they're such a fun time. Yeah, and that all that idea all came from the Wild West Songwriters Festival that we do in Deadwood. Um, we missed that this year. Yeah, sure. a lot was, of things we missed this year. <laughs> there's a lot that we missed this year. I, I was talking to them about that, and they were obviously bummed that they that they had to cancel it. But uh, I think I think it was the right call. It was the right. Um, you know, a lot of people from Nashville couldn't come, wouldn't couldn't or wouldn't come up. You know, mm, and too bad. They they talked briefly about 
Well, there was talk briefly was, about just the locals total, doing it. I was it. being a total dick by saying, oh, geez, that's too bad. Some of them couldn't come. Well, Jewel, Jewel was still going to come. Jewel was going to go. She was going to make it. Uh, that, you know, a few she year, heard you might be here. And she thought fine. she'd say that's hi. That's fine. So. I'll get my nail polish ready. <laughs> uh, a few years earlier, Michelle Branch was here. I had a great chat with she Michelle. She broke my guitar case. Oh, boy. Brand new guitar, the guitar that I won for writing yeah. the song, yeah. you know, the one that I play. And uh, I had it sitting in our in that VIP party room that we were all hanging out at. It was sitting in the and she turned the corner and kicked it, and one of the latches broke. I had to get that fixed, and I was like, "Well, Michelle. I'm not that mad because I get to say Michelle Branch broke my guitar." That's a pretty good story. You know? <laughs> People are like, "No, I'm yeah. like, yeah, that dents from Michelle Branch." <laughs> she did not. I mean, how would she and why would she remember me? But I mean, I ran into right. her when she was a teenager. She is from Sedona, Arizona, where I used to live. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, so be saying that. my manager produced her first like demo. That's cool. Yeah. She she also uh, used my uh, a harp. Oh, which I haven't washed. I remember that. Still got it. Still got it. Like I don't know. I've never used it. And like, yeah, it was one of my crappy ones. Like I bought yeah. the. So when I first started learning how to play the harp, I decided to oh, I just get like a sixty dollars set of all of them. That way, I'll have every you know everything, and I can just learn and do it. And then, uh, did you did you eat part of the wrapper? It, it thing's still like frozen. Oh, gross! Oh, mm. the blueberries are all like. Ugh. Well, it's definitely not from Blackbird, man. <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't want to be more late getting here. I, I would have gone further into town to Blackbird. Right, Blackbird's right. amazing. Uh, yeah, but they didn't have a harp, so she uh, she used my harp that night for her show. So. Cool. Pretty neat. Yeah, the the songwriter thing. I mean, that's a fun. I mean, that's like the one weekend a year where we all. Yeah, for the most part, we all just it's like kind of our gather. reunion. You yeah. know, we all get to we all hang out, we all enjoy ourselves, and and uh, get to play our own songs to a great crowd. You, the last few years, it's been standing room only. Yeah, even with the local rounds, not just the Nashville rounds yeah. and stuff. And no, it's the local just rounds been a have been blast. It really is, and it's like you could just pencil in like not only the satisfaction of playing your own stuff to a new audience mm -hmm. completely, unless you have friends that an audience that's paying attention. Which is paying huge. attention. Yeah. Which you know, I uh, I remember with some friends last year, but even just in general, they're like they do put a sign out, like please, yeah. please be quiet. Yeah. You know. Well, and I remember doing a show in Chicago last summer where I had it recorded and video, and a couple friends of mine came and I told them this ahead of time. I'm like, now this is like a show. This isn't a gig. A gig is where you can just two fuck different off. things. Yeah, you can fuck right. off in the corner, drink beer, and 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 be loud. You should you should want to like pay attention. Do you think that, do you think there's a lot of people that just don't realize the difference? Oh, totally. Especially if they're not in the music. And I say that to people world. all the time. Like it's I have a show tonight or I have a gig. Yeah. You know, if yeah. I'm playing nine to midnight and I'm standing in the corner and just playing covers all night, that's a gig. Yep. That's like a, gig. a show means something. Yep. You know, you could say like, oh, this gig, meaning like what you're doing yeah. could be construed as a gig, but it's like, you know, tonight I have a show. It's like you prepare for a show. But you just kind of show up for a gig. Right. <laughs> you you know, way to put it. You got a bunch of songs you already know. You're just going to kind of play them as they come. I mean, a lot of people, when I started out, I, I wrote set lists for gigs. Um, I think I tried to treat them as shows. And then it took a good couple years of that before I just realized nobody out there cares what I decided to play. Right. Unless they request it and they want me and to And how play. many times that you've played something and then 20 minutes later they're like, play. Right. Know? It's like, Hi. Uh, I, where were you? Were you were literally sitting right where you're yeah, sitting like, when I played that song, sir? Yeah, I, that happens all. The time. Excuse me, ma'am. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and so that's that was kind of the birth of the Songwriters Association group, and 
you know, and I think when we first started out, I think there was like maybe maybe a dozen or so, maybe even less of people that I knew and connected with and we got together. We used to get together once a month and just practice writing some songs, learning each other's songs, that kind of stuff. And over the years, um, I think, was it last summer, I was doing the count because we do songwriters rounds weekly uh, through the summer yeah. on Thursdays in Deadwood. And uh, we had 13 brand new artists that I'd never had do anything for us before. Wow. And we had, I think I've got a list of, I think, 70 to 80 names of people wow. that have done stuff with us. And I know we can, yeah. can contact and have, you know, if people are like, hey, I need someone to play so-and-so, you know. Yeah. They call me all the time. Like, well, it's here's, a great here's four names. Give them yeah, a call. See if you totally. can Totally. And I've noticed yeah. that even the last couple of years, like when you were booking those things, mm -hmm. like the selections got less and less because you're getting more and more people to be involved. Yeah. So like, you know, you would come to me or somebody and be like, hey, I've got six dates you can choose from right. now it was only like down to two yeah <laughs> where i'm like damn I, pick one i man. better i better jump on this no and that's that's yeah. cool i mean it's a good problem to have yeah and yeah. like you know every now and then we'd have one where it's a uh, you me and guth oh, or yeah. or jack and and chris who's and gay you yep. know what i mean you play with your pals richard grewer i mean like playing yeah, with richard <laughs> richard's great well and it's fun to do that every now and then I, like i enjoy playing with new people and getting your new stuff but every yeah. now and then it's nice to just be on stage with a couple of your pals <laughs> shooting the shit with each other yeah. and just playing tunes you yep. know <laughs> uh, that, and i think the crowd enjoys that too when they know that the people on stage are enjoying each other as well yeah. you know it helps that does help uh, when when they can see that heath johnson here on the danimal planet radio podcast danimalplanetradio.com so yeah the the songwriter thing let's just hope that it's uh you know, back on next year. No reason to think it won't be. No, I think it will. Next year will be the 10 year anniversary and there's already talk about making it the largest and the best that they've done so far. You would think so. that just even like in my experience with like Chicago, having an entire year, summer, whatever, without any shows, without any festivals, mm -hmm. everybody loves to talk about Lollapalooza. You would yeah. think that like they're going to come out in droves now. Like you would hope if so. they allow it, you know? <laughs> Uh, if we're talking about like next summer and we're still not having shows, <laughs> Hurricane Dan is going to make an appearance. <laughs> I am, I, you know, I, I just, I, I can't even stand the thought of it. It's December 1st now, uh, as of the time of recording this podcast, December. It's already December, man. Jesus. 30 and a half days left of 2020. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. So, uh, you know, let's just hope that, you know, th things are better. Of course, we've been saying that all year, but we are getting closer to, they yeah. say a vaccine. So uh yeah. there's there's hope well and the funny thing is too like you know it's, it's cliche saying but you never you don't really realize how much you enjoy something until it's gone until it's gone you know and i so like the few gigs that i've had this year you know outdoors in the summer and everything like that um like i think the tips were bigger than i think i've ever seen wow just because people were so appreciative yeah and to have music and to they, i think they also recognized that uh, playing music as a you know as a somewhat of a career and stuff, especially during this year, is a, is a tough that's a tough card to draw. Yeah, and I think they, of course, you know, I did what I could to talk about my three kids on stage and say yeah. I, gotta, I gotta feed those mouths and stuff. But but no, it was it was really really great, and uh, I, I I don't I don't know if that will continue. I think if sometimes you know. People are appreciative when they know that it's scarce, but once it becomes 
full and common again, you know, those sometimes those tips will stay in the pocket. So yeah, yeah it's, it's, <laughs> which I, is what it is. I'll have to start talking about my cat more often on stage. You will. Like, this you dude's will. got an appetite. <laughs> And I need to take care of him. Just start photoshopping him larger and larger <laughs> each time you bring out his picture as the night progresses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. Like with the with the grand, the mountain grand in Deadwood. Like they're a huge host yeah. for for the not just the the Wild West, but like booking us year round mostly. You know, yep. I'm I'm you know appearing there in the near future. Beep 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 beep. This podcast will come out after all that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but just like all the venues around town, you know, the 10 and all these other, like the songwriter rounds, like how, do you, how did you go to approaching them to work and, and grow the, you know, the songwriter round thing on your end yeah. with the grand? Yeah. Uh, so with the grand, it was, we had already been doing it several years uh, at Lucky's 13s here in Spearfish. Mm-hmm. Um, Schmitty helped me get that off the ground uh, it was a lot of it kind of was his idea it's like hey you know because we saw people doing it at the, at the wild west festival and we enjoyed it and he thought you think we could do something like that at, uh, here and i said well, let me give it a shot you know yeah. I, and i know some people will make it happen and and we did and it was great and i think people started to realize that's the amount of talent around the area which quickly uh made it easy to you know go to other places and and host those we, we did a few in um uh, like a few coffee shops and stuff in Rapid. Sure. Uh, we tried to get things moving there, and it never really stuck quite like it did here in Spearfish or in right. Deadwood, mostly Deadwood now. Yeah. Yeah. Deadwood just kind of took it. And it, it makes sense. Deadwood's a big tourist area. You know, people are coming in. Sure. They're not from around the area. They see, you know, three artists on stage. Like, what's this? You know? Right. And especially, yeah. Unless you live in a, in a music town, you probably haven't seen that before. Uh, no. And I, I was going to, I tell people all the time, wherever you know in illinois or wherever i'm going to be or at about like the community here a lot of it has to do with what you've just been talking about and what you did and, and put together for you know not just like like a lot of people just wouldn't do what you did you know you would you put so much time and effort into other people you know booking booking opportunities for us like yeah you have everybody else on your mind which yeah is, which is rare <laughs> well, it's it's kind of just been my mo. I think since uh, even since I was a kid, like if I've never really You're such a loving person, oh, you know, it's just it's just <laughs> who I am, Dan. Guy. It's just what I do. If you weren't six feet away from me right now, I would <laughs> I would touch you. We are socially distant here, folks. We are actually. Can you hear so it? There's a table they're, between us. They're judging. You could hear them judging us. Hello, like hello, they're in the same hello. garage together. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, and I never thought about it that way prior you know when people started pointing it out but it's there's a certain part of me that's like if i'm if i'm gonna succeed in something and and be and if i'm gonna enjoy something i want to enjoy it with people that i like and care about i don't want to like be enjoying something myself and look over at them struggling to you know do the same do the same thing or do something they enjoying that and and part of it too is there's people out here far better than me that i'm like why would i be just stealing all these opportunities when like they should be getting these opportunities as yeah. well. And it, that's cool. And it helps the venues as well. Like Lucky's, oh, absolutely. Lucky's now has three people up on stage that now three people are advertising, bringing in three different sets of friends, Yep. you know, and then it's good for Lucky's to go, Oh, okay. Oh, I knew about Heath or I knew about Guth or I knew mm-hmm. about Dan. Oh, but I, Oh, let's, I'm going to book this guy now. Yep. And you then know? those three people get, they get booked. Yeah. 
and they're able to promote their gig in a couple of weeks at the same venue. So the yeah. venue is like, all these people are now hearing that this person will be back in two weeks and they can come again and hang yep. out if they good, liked him. Good and, for the locals, good for the regulars. Yeah, what? You know, I mean, you don't want to have the same, you know, bars do that all the time. Like a lot of festivals in Chicago book the same band. I mean, imagine, yeah. imagine a city that's that size. That's weird. So it's like the same couple of agents book. A lot like, every, you know, Friday's over here. Like you, you just look at certain bands like, oh my God. And I, so many times I've said that band again, like good for them that they're getting the work. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I've, I've got a couple of different projects where I'm just like, but what the, what does one got to do right. to get in, in this festival? Cause it's like every year it's the same shit, but in here, in this area, small community, but a, a plethora of musicians where you know you could, like you said you could have fifteen different names to, to choose yeah. from. Well, we did we did a all day festival once with just locals, and I think we had twelve we had twelve people playing, and uh, each person got forty minutes. We started oh. at eleven a.m. and I think we went to nine. Man, I my, mean, my invitation must have got lost in the. You mail. were gone, man. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I I was not invited to that soiree when I. <laughs> Well, I remember booking that. I was like, oh, and I, I think I was looking on, online at your Instagram. I'm like, oh, well, Dan's out of the country, so this wasn't going to work. <laughs> You're like, that's 30 minutes he could have filled. <laughs> right. Come on, man. Uh, we could have heard Norwegian switch hitters. Yeah, we, but, we need you know, seven songs worth for We me. do. We do. Uh, I don't know. There's, there's something to be said, though, about like building things up as a, as a group, you know, and not being selfish about your own your own success and progress. I, I'm and just going to say that it's rare. It's super. Yeah, it, it shouldn't be. And I appreciate you take pointing your, it take out. Take your hand. I know. You go right just over pat here. Pat my own back. Just give yourself a little shot on the back there. Uh, I'm just. I, I. I don't know, man. I. I just. I. I think a part of it is I just enjoyed the people that I met, and I really liked him, and I want. I wanted to hang out with him. Like, yeah. yeah. Let's let's do a show well, together. <laughs> our our chance encounter the day you and I met. Yeah. Uh, at at Lucky's of, of yeah. all places, I had just played there the night before. Mm-hmm. I was uh, enjoying the beginning of the of the bear game in the morning, and oh yeah, we both had our bear jerseys on, and you had a, a date with your now wife. It's a first date. First date. <laughs> first so it's date. like for me to be there, and then like to find out later on that you're you're booking all these opportunities and. You know, and I go, oh, talk to Heath, talk to Heath. I mean, I can't tell you how many times somebody said, oh, talk to Heath because he books That's funny. blah, blah, blah. He knows all these things. That's Heath, why I say. Heath books all this. Like, I never did any booking. Well, but Except like, for the rounds, you know. Well, I the did rounds. That, but, but like, you know, you, you, you like you and, and, and Guth as well. We always talk about Guth, mm-hmm. but just like, you know, they would suggest or somebody would call me for a gig and they say, oh, yeah, Heath, Heath referred you. Oh, sure. And yeah, like, we, happened, we yeah. barely knew each other then. But yeah. I was just like, man. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I think my first the first time I referred you was after that, and it, I, I hadn't even really heard you play yet. I just I had met you. You're wearing a Bears jersey. You're like he's all like, right. Hey, I think. you could you could book that guy. Like, poor I'm poor just gonna, bastard got poor taste. Poor, poor taste in football teams. <laughs> let's get him a gig and pick up his spirits. Uh, yeah. What's what's wrong with us, man? Why do we do that to ourselves? Brutal. We yeah. It's it's for life, man. For life. And I just, well, yeah. What am I going to do? Start cheering for the Falcons? <laughs> I mean, unless I was working for them. (laughs) When you work for a team, it's funny how quickly you become a fan. I think you have to, right? Yeah. Isn't that how it works? Yeah. When when their letterhead or whatever logo is on the check. Yeah. Yeah. You're a fan. You're a fan. You you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. You are listening to a podcast of Danimo Planet Radio with Dan McArthur. That is Pigeon. I hope you are enjoying the show on Danimal Planet Radio.com. 
I also want to go back further because like before you were a musician, uh, I'm yeah. fascinated by like, you know, you were a pastor. Yeah. So how does, <laughs> how old were you and what, what prompted that? I mean, oh, you grew geez. up in a religious, you know, upbringing, of course. I did. Uh, not like, not like a crazy. Not like Joel Osteen crazy. Definitely not yeah. Joel Osteen crazy. You got to come and oh, invest in Christ. You got to become a 501c3 and not pay a fucking nickel oh, in tax. Oh gosh, I have, I have so much animosity towards that man i wrote i wrote a song about him oh <laughs> and i think the line it says uh I said uh, i met a man who said he knew what i should do he swore that he only told the truth then he flew away in his big jet plane and yep. left me out standing in the rain <laughs> <laughs> well it's like that other one uh copeland jesse copeland whatever his oh name kenneth, is. Copeland. kenneth copeland oh, seven seven Private jets. Done freaking five, five or seven. I think it's five. five the, Lord, or seven. the Lord needs those, man. Oh, there's a clip. And it's, you didn't know that God couldn't fly? I saved this clip, and I'm going to put it together <laughs> on this on a podcast, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to include you in, on this and, uh, to get your thoughts. There's a clip of him and another pastor or you know televangelist or whatever, mm-hmm. basically like explaining why they need private jets. Oh and he's like, gosh. you can't. And he called people demons. He's like, you can't. You can't sit there and fly in coach. He talks just like that. You can't sit there on that plane with all those other demons. And, and I sit there and I pray to God. When I, I, you can't fly from Dallas to Tampa to Chicago to New York and on, on, on commercial airplanes. It's like, yeah, people do it all the time. Dude, who buys that shit? Like, who, believe, who listens to him and goes, well, he's right. Oh, yeah. my gosh. And I hadn't you, thought of it that if way. If you crunch the numbers, I guarantee you 80% of his parishioner or donators are fucking Poor, poor, broke. Oh, they've got to be. They give everything to this guy. Yep. And he's sitting there walking the te- the TV crew through his hangar it's with all these planes. Like we are all in the wrong business. So it sounds like you attempted to go into this business. Yeah, not that, not that <laughs> business. <laughs> like, so I took the, I took the opposite route uh, and didn't go in for the money. Tax free um, preaching. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I was I was sixteen, fifteen, sixteen, I think. Wow. When I first decided I want to be a preacher, and I like I said I'd grown up in a in a family that you know we went to church on Sundays and and Wednesdays and I was active in the youth group and but then when I was sixteen it just really kind of hit me that this is this is what I want this is the path I wanted to take and what I wanted to do and that led to me I think my first sermon I preached I was eighteen wow and uh, did you hold the Bible I I, I had a I mean, kind of, but not like up over my right, head. Why are you waving it? I, I like held it because I was reading it, you know, and I didn't do any pulpit pounding, but I, I did start my entire pastoral career with cracking open a Dr. Pepper in wow. the sanctuary, which I got in trouble for because you're not supposed to drink caffeine in the sanctuary. Is there caffeine in Dr. Pepper? There is. I don't drink it. I think there is. I wouldn't sure pour it on is. the ground. I, ha- I haven't drank soda in years, yeah. but back then, you know, I was young and stupid. Um, <laughs> and so, Let's touch on that a little let's bit, Let's do that. Uh, yeah, but I, so I went to college to be a preacher, um, graduated with a pastoral degree. And wow. But my, the year before I graduated, I got hired on as the head pastor at a small church in Iowa, Missouri Valley, Iowa, okay. and uh, did that for three years, man. Wow. And uh, yeah, I loved it. I was, I enjoyed it. It was never something that I ever wanted to get out of. It just circumstances happened that way. And uh, now, like you, you couldn't wouldn't catch me darkening the door of a church man (laughs) like i just and it's not that i not that i don't have my own beliefs and my own faith it's just i cannot stand the 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 system that it's become anymore like none of it 
none of it makes any sense to me if you look at like what's actually written in in the Bible or what was actually said versus what's being taught across the pulpit. It's like I can't. Well, I look at the way that people manipulate it. Oh, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. It's. I mean, it's to people that are like good, honest to goodness, like churchgoers and fa- mm. you know heavy in faith and whatever. That's your choice. You know, right. a lot of people need that. Yeah, a lot of people you know depend on that that promise that that no, it's I am being watched over. You know, it's mm-hmm. like hey, whatever gets you up in the morning. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you go about your day as a good person because they do preach a lot of that. There is there there were a lot of good lessons growing up. We didn't miss oh, yeah. a Sunday. Catholic Church. I mean, oh sure. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. it was you were you were grounded. If you <laughs> if you pulled, I mean, so, there were some times where we couldn't sit down in church because our asses hurt from getting smacked. <laughs> you know, not to sound in twenty twenty. Yeah, right. my, my parents did. You know, I don't man. condone that. Uh, but there were some good lessons because you were like, it's, it's fear, basically. Yeah, there's a lot of fear mongering. There's a lot of guilt. Guilt. Oh. And, and it's just like there's. I mean, you could look, I mean, you could bring in Joel Osteen, but you could even go into some of just your local, mm-hmm. you know, evangelical preachers. Like, look at how much money is being spent on buildings. It's like, you know, and the people right next door can't can't pay their heat bill. That's what actually got me kind of out of it. I got in trouble so many times about we'd be in a meeting and we're arguing over the color of the new carpet we want to buy. And I'm like, this is not what I signed up for. No. I, you know, I wanted to help people. I wanted to, you know, be a part of something that made people's lives better and, I just, no matter what, where I turned in, in that world of, you know, what's it called? Systematic Christianity. Right. Uh, it was nowhere to be found. I just couldn't do it. And your thoughts may be, I don't know, how do, how do you feel about, I've got a big problem with churches not paying a nickel in tax? Yeah, I... Like, I where used, did that come from? So, I don't really know. Like, there's the whole argument of the separation of church and state. So, and you, and you have the issue with, you know, if you give money to something, then you should have a say in something, you know, and I, I kind of agree with that to, to an extent. I think it gets pulled away a bit, especially when you have sure. multi-million dollars thrown into lobbying. It's like, mm, you're no longer having a say, you're getting to dictate. <laughs> That's a difference. Right. But uh, with, with churches and that, there's a certain level where it becomes a haven and it becomes exploited. And I don't think that, I don't think that was the original intent. Maybe it was, maybe they had that in mind all along, but I think at a certain level, like if you really claim you want to be a part of a community and help your community out, it, you don't put in any, any taxes to the community. Well, that's the thing. Like people think that like, well, they're, the church is doing a lot of good. Well, there's, there's also there's also a lot of people that think, you know, you could do a lot of good by doing what we do. Yeah. We all pay taxes. Yeah. Why don't you do the same? You know, maybe they can negotiate something where it's like a different percentage or whatever. But like Joel Osteen, like there's a great meme about Joel Osteen. Like I, I, I saved a hundred percent of my taxes by switching to Jesus. <laughs> Dude, it's true. But you think about that for a second though. But I mean, I, I pay taxes in town, you know, and it goes to the school, it goes to the roads, it goes to a lot of Everybody things, benefits you know, from A lot it. of salaries in town. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I give tithe to my church. It goes to the pastor's pockets, it goes to the debt they owe for the multi-million dollar building they have that they still have, they still are paying off. It goes to all these different things. Like, or I could take that twenty dollars and you know buy the family down the street a meal. Yeah, you know, or I mean, give to a to the food pantry in town or whatever yeah. the case may be. You know, and I just if you take the systematic approach of Christianity out of the equation. 
I'm, I'm all about it. I'm all about loving your neighbor as yourself. I'm all about of course. many, many of the teachings that were shared by Jesus. Even some of the Old Testament stuff, I think it's misconstrued a lot. Like, oh, it was all fire and brimstone and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, eh. It, it, I mean, it looks that way at face value, but like when you look at the time it was written, it's like super progressive for the time. Right. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? And so, you, but you look at all of that and it's like that stuff intrigues me because it shows where humanity has come in our progress as people. And I think the, one of the biggest things that we, failures that we did was stop writing things like that and we like close the, what they call the canon of the Bible. They're like, this is it. This is all the scripture. And it's like, hmm. So now we just listen to something 2,000 years old and we have nothing of current relevance to right. point to? Like, yeah. Come on. Which, which when I made the remark about like how people manipulate it and twist it and, and use it in their favor yeah. out of context. And it's easy to do. Very easy to do. And it's a lot of times it's, it's hypocritical. People like they, they want to have it both ways where, you know, when something goes their way, oh, thank God, you know, God's mm-hmm. looking out for me. And then when something goes horribly wrong and they don't have any accountability, <laughs> right. they go, well, it's in God's hands. It's, it's like, God's no, 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 you can't, you, you, you can't have both. Dude, you'd be surprised how many times I'm called a hypocrite when I don't even like, Heath-a- I don't, I don't even, Heathocrit? Is that what you're going to yeah. say? Yeah. <laughs> you, Heathocrit. I mean, I don't even, <laughs> if, when I'm reading the Bible, if someone has a different opinion from me, I'm, I kind of applaud that. It's like, hey, the whole point of this is to be able to kind of reach you where you're at, you know? And yeah. if, if this is only a conservative book or only a progressive book or only however, like then it seems pretty dead to me, you know, like if it's only this one way of reading it and I just, but that'll, that again is hypocritical because yeah. it, I don't know. And I'm cool with it. I've, I've lost all sense of desire to impress anyone right. of the, of the, the a, organized religion. To be, you know, eighteen years old and hire it as a, a full time pastor. I mean, is that that had to I mean It was you intense. Don't, you don't see that too often. No, like it was uh I was the the youth representative for the state of Nebraska for the American Baptist churches. So I wow. went to all of the state annual meetings and, you know, bi monthly meetings and represented the youth groups of all of those churches. Wow. And uh so I'm sitting there in these meetings with all these, you know, Oh boy. Older people, you know, oh having boy. all these weird conversations. And uh-huh. I remember uh, just sitting there going, this is, this is so weird. Like, this is a business meeting. Yeah. Are we a, are we a business or what are yeah. we? And I should have seen the signs then. It took me like five or six well, years you to were figure 18. it out. I was 18 yeah, you're, you're and drinking Dr. Young. Pepper. I was a piece <laughs> of shit, man. Like, I was young <laughs> and stupid. Uh, but yeah, and it's like... <laughs> I never, I just never could get behind that. And, and, and I, I'm not anti-business or anything like that. I, I, I work for a great company now, but yeah. like when it comes to like matters of faith, I don't think that should be the model. Right. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm ridiculous for thinking that, but that's just what I think. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, you've been in it. Oh, like, I was I've in just, it. <laughs> I've just gone to church and, you know, years of, you know, yeah, and once you see how the hamburger's classes. made, man, you you don't eat the food. You yeah, know? that's my problem. That's, like I know what's going on behind the curtain. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and like my minimal time in, in the scheme of things of like maybe a year or two of my life working in banks, where I'm just a, I'm a little bit more bitter mm. about banking. I mean, I've sat in on meetings where they were literally sitting around boardrooms like laughing 
at customers is like, you know, overdraft fees and stuff. Like, Jesus. you know, just profiting off people's misfortunes and, and difficult times, you know. Blows me away. And that, that stuff I have absolutely zero tolerance for. How do people grow up and become that, man? Like, I just, none of my friends growing up just were that people, but I'm sure a few of them now have grown have up and into have that. become that way yeah. just without thinking. And it's, just, just like kicking somebody while they're down yeah. or like what we've seen happen most of this year with, with, not you know, not just the BLM movement, but just like a systemic. Oh yeah, you know, keeping people at arm's length and keeping yep. you know a body or an individual uh, down. You know, like preventing people from progressing. Like let's let's like we talked about on your podcast of just a few weeks ago. It's like regardless if like you're liberal or you're the, I said something like I'm liberal for mankind. Mm-hmm. Like I want everyone to have. And a lot of people do. We just yeah. have the same basic rights, and yeah, you know, like if we all paid a flat tax and we didn't have to pay for school or healthcare. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it shouldn't be that hard. Yeah, but the system. You can't tell me we're not smart enough to figure it out. Exactly, we just don't want to. They or don't the, want the people to. in power don't want to. Yeah, and I know. say the same thing about like the Chicago politics because every it seems like every other day or every you know once a year or twice a year they're coming out with something like oh so and so you know his cousin is just a a janitor for the city but he's making 150 grand <laughs> you know but it's like it's almost hard you can't blame the politicians because they're just they're they're operating within a system that was laid out before them yeah they're just they're just plugged in like capitol hill like yep. why are these congressmen why are they like the the supreme court judges we're talking about yeah. uh why are congressmen and and whatever senators and like it's for life yeah it's just like you know the term limits i mean like you know there should be term limits and and this and that it's just there's some things that you're just like man just like and there's zero connection with the outside of that world like just seeing how it's viewed from outside you know if you can't see the forest for the trees yeah you know, you're just going to keep walking the path you're on because yeah. that's just all you, this is how things are done, you know? And I think, I mean, I think that's what a lot of people were hoping would happen with Trump or that was that it would kind of be someone from the outside, but like, Hey, he's not really on the outside. He's no. kind of always been in it. He's <laughs> you know been, I mean? he used that drain the swamp mentality. And it totally works. You're right. Like, okay, he may not have been a politician, but he was just as influential as one Yeah, with his TV shows and his so-called being yeah. a, you know millionaire you know it's like okay well if you if you if you lose sight of why you got into something in the first place if you just blindly put your head down and keep walking the steps in front of you because that's the paths that are there i mean nothing's going to change and before you know it you're going to look up and you're not even going to be the same person you were when you started right. that was what i saw happen with me with with being a pastor was i was just in this rhythm and this motion of this the system that was already in place and just being pulled into it, you know, every which way that they, that they pull people into it. And yeah. it got to the point where I'm like, one, I wasn't, I w- in their mind, I was no longer qualified to even be a part of it anymore because of, because I was divorced. And oh. for a lot of people, you can't be divorced. If you, if you can't be a preacher, if you're a pastor, if you're going to be divorced, it's wow. not allowed, you know? And then, but that aside, like looking at it, if I'd have stayed in it, like looking at where my life is right now and looking where it could have been if I would have stayed in it, I'd, yeah. have, I'd have probably been very successful in it, you know, because sure. I was good, you know, and, uh, but I wouldn't have been me, you well, know? I mean like, okay, say you're still a pastor and you're not divorced because you're in a, you know, a toxic, unhealthy relationship. Right. They want to hear a sermon from a guy that's just pissed at the world. hundred percent. Yeah. That's what they, because you're you not hear, hear advice. Versus someone who's honest, like admits their shortcomings, admits failures in their past, and like is just fully aware of 
where they're at in life. Like no one wants to hear someone speak the truth. Come on, Dan, you know yeah. better than that. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants that. We want to hear someone give us a, a fun story on Sunday morning so we can go back home for another week and, you know, live our lives. Which, yeah. You know, Especially on Sunday. Like basically what we're telling you is keep your head down, shut your mouth, go back to work, do your job. Dude, it's the fake, Shut up and get back to work. It's the fakest hour in, in, in the world. People put on their masks, they pretend everything's fine, and it's like, man, nobody I know is fine. Right. Everyone's got shit. Well, like in in terms of a relationship, if, yeah, you, I mean, if you ask your <laughs> if you ask your your girlfriend or wife, you're like, I'm fine. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> that doesn't mean that's, when you say you're fine, I know what that means. You're anything but. And I'm gonna <laughs> go. Leave, I'm gonna leave the room and yeah. be quiet now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Nothing, nothing I say right now is gonna help the situation. Nope. So did you find like as an 18-year-old pastor, you're sitting around the room with all the older people, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and they could have been 40s and 50s, mm-hmm. who knows. Were you being groomed? Like, did you did you have like a, a pastor mentor or did, did somebody try to just take you on? Like, we're going to, this kid's our, our upcoming prospect. Oh, he's going to be the face of the organization, <laughs> you know? <laughs> we're going to sign him to a look lifetime at that, contract. Look at that chiseled jawline. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, I'm sure there were people that had their own uh, selfish desires for me and all of that, but um, none of them really ever stuck with me. There, there was one one pastor in, out of North Platte, Nebraska. His name was Larry Lang. I'll never forget. Obviously, I'll never forget his name because it starts with two L's and it's hard to remember. But he um, he never tried to like control me or take me under his wing or anything like that. But he recognized like that there was just something good i think there and he just gave me every opportunity he even stopped all the adults in one of the meetings is like you know i know a lot of you don't know heath but when when he talks about what the youth are feeling and what the youth are thinking about our churches and the stage like we should all probably listen that's cool and so and i was really encouraging yeah. yeah it was encouraging but it was never anything where it was like oh i'm gonna groom him to become the next you know preacher in my church or anything you know yeah super super preacher man and there's something about like the celebrity preacher thing that happened i don't know how that became a thing like it's like it well it became a thing because larry lang executive producer (laughs) right people realized they could profit off of it so they did and i don't know of a single celebrity preacher that i followed growing up that hasn't had a scandal man (laughs) it's like what did you what did i mean that's too much for anyone to handle let alone someone who then has to pretend that they are that they walk the straight and narrow every damn day of their life like 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 the hard copy things that follow you around and then expose you like there was a pastor one of those televangelists that you know living in houston i think whatever had like you know the million dollar mansions and you know the way they just like that is like you're constantly like they're you got a target on your back oh 100 i mean like yeah you always hear about that like all these all these pastors I mean, whether you, it's abuse or a sex scandal or whatever the case may be, or like, usually like financially. Oh, you know? huh, oh, dude, that was like, all over the place. And and part of some of it, I almost wonder if some of it was just pure ignorance. Yeah. Because again, like when I when I went to school to be a, pra- a pastor and a preacher, there was zero information given to me about how to operate a church budget. Wow. <laughs> it's like, I feel like that should be one on one. If we're going to operate like a business, you should train me to know how to run a business. Just hand the keys over to yeah, an 18-year-old. You're basically year old. making the, the, the pastor the CEO of your of your business. Wow. And if you don't know, teach them how to do it, what do you think is going to happen? I'm sure some of it was legit where they were trying to skirt the system and that, but I almost, I almost wonder how many of it was just, I had no idea. 
Right. And they got caught. And that's not a, that's not a good excuse. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Especially, I mean, people have you know, zero tolerance for hearing about these things where it's like, yeah, we, it, you, you don't pay taxes. So it's like right. you, 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 if you're going to act above the law or if you're going to be above the law, act mm-hmm. like, you know, at least, at least have your shit together. Yeah. You know, but it, it is a little ridiculous. Like there's one of the churches in Rapid City that has like a full on digital everything, high state of the art performance venue mm-hmm. in the church. In the church. Like video screens and yep. sound booths and what? Like, this one here in Spearfish too. Yeah. Like what the hell? Yeah. It, it blows me. I mean, I mean, Five to six thousand dollar HD cameras. Yeah, it's like wh- wh- really why 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 do you, why do you need? I, I, again, it goes back to we need seven jets. You yeah. know, I mean, it's not jets. It's some, but there's always a there's going to find a reason. Well, it's in the budget. Well, why is that in the budget? But you know, all of these other things for the people in your community that are in need are not in the budget. Well, I was going to say, like, if there's money left over after all of your parishioners are fed. Right. You know, or if like a family, you know, say a single mother with her three kids that goes to church and scrounges right. up five, ten bucks to throw in the basket or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Make sure that like have community nights, you know, invite, yeah. invite all these people to the church for spaghetti and meatball night and at yeah. least, at least feed them once a month. Yeah. And then be like, oh, you know what? We're, we're, our community is, is strong. Everyone's doing well. You know, like people, like my mom did for years, she would go and talk to the priest, you know, mm-hmm. whether about what, I don't know. Good, bad, whatever. I have seven asshole kids at home. I need someone to talk to. My husband doesn't listen to me. You know, <laughs> my youngest son, Dan's a pain in the ass. You know, his, the peanut butter budget for the house is just way too high. <laughs> for some reason, the dog's always full. The dog is full. You know, the dog's constantly licking. <laughs> but yeah, like make sure like, you know, do, you know, your, your, your parishioners or whatever can, can, you know, you should know how they're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they do like parent teacher night, yep. you know, Hey, I'm the teacher. This is how, you know, I'm talking to the parent. This is how well your son, you know, if, if you got parishioners that are struggling, you would hope that they're in tune with that. See, here's the thing though. Like I absolutely agree with you. And I think like, if, like if I had a, a church right now, that's exactly how I would do it. I think the problem is we throughout the last several decades have just come to not trust people that give us things because we feel like we owe them something. And like, right. and for me, like someone like me, and I know for a lot of other people, like I don't want to feel like I owe a church something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Cause I feel like they're going to, it's going to, they're going to then have this hold over me, which becomes again, goes back to the guilt and the fear and everything like that. We so you, did this for you. Exactly. And then it's like, like, there's gotta be no agenda to it. Like you need help here. We're going to help you out. Then the church is going to expect you to donate your time and right. whatever. Oh yeah. Booster absolutely. clubs and whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and it's like, yeah. you should just be like, this person needs help. I helped them. If they never, and that's if the I never see them again, that's the end of that's it. That's the end of it. I knew I was able to help them and I did. Yeah. End, of, end of discussion, end of the story. Yeah. And maybe they come, maybe the only time I ever see them is when they need help. Okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, what else are we doing here? Right. <laughs> you know and I mean? there's, there's people listening that are probably like, no, I mean, like there are, I'm sure there are churches are, they do that stuff like, oh yeah, that are yeah, doing good. I'm not good. throwing everyone under the bus here. No, there's a lot of them that I know. I just know thought it was do. very, very interesting, like growing up and just going to, you know, dozens of different Catholic masses Yeah, where it's just like, I appreciate as a musician and being 2020 or whatever, you know, modern that you're going to go and hear something other than just the old creepy pipe organ at yeah. church. Okay, yeah. it's cool. You're hearing drums and bass and guitars now. Things are a little bit more modernized yeah. with sound. There's a guitarist now instead of just the piano player. Right. And the and the 
you know, the singer gal, which you've, I've heard some beautiful voices at church yeah. through the years. Yeah. But like the old pipe organ, like, no, 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 no. That's my pipe organ noise. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody knows what I'm talking about. But like, okay, it's cool. But yeah, the HD cameras and yeah. the, you know, you damn, they've got condenser mics and oh, yeah. full on everything. It's like. There's a lot of churches, their worship teams put out their own albums <laughs> that they then sell at the church. Wow. And it's just like, that's a, they, they have a built in. Uh, audience every Sunday, so they become like these celebrities, and mm. it's just it's I, it's just weird, man. It like, is weird. It just it's just weird, and I don't. Sometimes I can't really put my finger on why it's weird, but there's something about it that just feels odd. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. I just I don't know. Well, it's just interesting because of yeah, we've talked about it before, but not so much on the podcast about mm-hmm. like. I didn't quite remember that you were 18 and like driving the bus. You I was know? young, man. And my, so when I was 18, when I first started preaching and I was hired on officially at the age of 20 as the pastor, wow. the head pastor. And uh, yeah, and, and I, I, I immediately brought the median age down by like 40 years. I bet. <laughs> you know, just room. And, uh, but like I said, I, I loved it and I, I enjoyed it, but I didn't. I think a lot of it just, again, it's just my personality and my way of seeing things just didn't, it doesn't mesh with, with organization and systems. They're like, yeah, their agenda. Yeah. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't fit. And I, this is funny that you got me talking about this because I haven't talked about this at all, let alone uh, let someone record it. But like, yes, people are going to be Danimal like, Planet oh Radio. my God, Heath is a horrible person. No, He's just ripping on churches for an hour. Well, we'll, we'll get back to music here shortly. <laughs> no, it's but. good. It's good. I it's sometimes well, we could do this all day. I don't give Oh, I could, but uh, my mom won't listen to this. Well, Otherwise, good. I'll be damned if you know. That's good. Yeah, yeah how dare you be, talk about the church like that? Which one, mom? Confession. There's like a thousand churches. <laughs> give them down. <laughs> the uh, I don't know. I I. It, it's it's a part of my. That's the other thing too. It's a part of my life. It's part of what made me who I am right now. Mm-hmm. And I'll never be anything but thankful for that sure. because. Uh, you know, if if I just sit here and live in regret that I spent, you know, 20 or 15 to 20 years in that world uh, that I feel like then I then lost 20 years of my life. Like that's that's a horrible way to live. Right. Like, no, it it's it shaped me. It, it it helped me see things the way that I how I see things now. It, I don't see things that way anymore, but it's because I know how seeing that things how seeing things that way, what it leads to. And I just, I don't want to live like that. Right. You know? Well, it's kind of like, uh, I'd say that it's like a motto, but like kind of conquer your future by acknowledging your past. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, it happened. That's, I did that at the time you put everything into it, you know, just like a job or whatever. It's Mm -hmm. like, Hey, this is what I'm doing right now. You know, I gotta, you gotta, you should give it your best. Yeah. And so when, when you were 20, how long after did you get out of it completely? Uh, so I did that for three years and then uh, moved here to Spearfish um, because the plan was to stay here for a year or so and then go and do a church plant, which is, you know, starting my own church. Um, I didn't know where yet. Damn, you know, dude, you could have been tax-free. I totally could have been tax-free, man. <laughs> I could have gone the path, could have done it down. And uh, But then, you know, after I was up here is when the divorce happened. And so then that kind of all got throughout. And there was a few churches around the area that would still like let me, like I led worship for them a few times and they'd let me fill in and preach everything and then. But then um, it just eventually got to the point where they, I was like, this is, 
this is my limit here, isn't it? Like, this is all you're comfortable with. And like, okay, I can't, I can't be a part of this anymore. Yeah. You know, and they kind of said that to me too. It was kind of this mutual, like, without actually saying it, we both knew, like, we're done. Yeah. We're done with each other, you know? And, and for me, like, look, looking at it now, it's like, it was kind of the beginning of, I'm kind of done with all of that anymore. Like, if I'm going to have any conversations about faith or God or anything, you know, spiritual in that aspect, it's going to be, you know, conversations like this that I can, we can talk through and flesh things out, not have 20 people in a room and we only get to hear one person's opinion, you know, like, come on. (laughs) There's a lot of, a lot of an intellect being just ignored every Sunday morning because you only hear from one guy all the time. Right. Like, you know, what about the women? What about the, you know, the, the teenager who had a new experience and wants to talk about it, you know, or the, Mm -hmm. the eight, the 80 year old that's been studying this stuff their whole life. You know, why do, why do they have to sit there and be quiet the whole time? Like there's, there's knowledge to be shared and it's just the model that is shown on Sundays is so pigeonholed and bottlenecked, man. Yeah. You know? So I had groups, like I started a beer and Bible group in my church and in, in my house up here nice. a couple years ago and we like 40 people, man. What? 40 people every other Wednesday. They'd, we'd crowd into my, my, uh, my living room and, uh, everyone would bring a six pack of beer. And my <laughs> one friend, my one friend did, um, um, Edward 40 hands. So we oh just my duct taped two forties to his hand. That's it's great. like, Hey, my goal is to have these done by the time you're done talking. Holy cow. And, uh, so, and it was just funny, but we would sit around and I would, you know, we'd go through uh, a passage in scripture and we would discuss it. And I would, we would talk about it and none of them were believers. They were all either atheists or Buddhists or yeah. something like that, but we would talk about it. And, you know, there was no like agenda to try to change anyone's mind. It was just this discussion on the Bible. And, Which is healthy. Oh man, it was it was what I always wanted like the churches that I was a part of to be. But it's that that model, like it's not sustainable if you try to cram it into the current models and the thing because everybody has a has an equal and fair shay and everyone's yeah. opinion is on the same level ground. And you can't have that if you're trying to push one opinion of of the afterlife or whatever the case may be right yeah of god the thing that i had a problem with with certain religions and is just like you know you got a catholic you got a protestant you got all these you know all these people but yet like there's so much like you know no my my religion is right yeah You're, you're wrong yeah I'll hear your opinion just to see how I can tear it apart. Exactly. But not because I actually, I legitimately respect it and I think it has value. Right. And like, unless you approach someone, unless you approach someone at an equal level as you, like you're just, you're just being a dick. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, you you're know? not, you're not taking the teachings. No, not And at applying all. them properly. And you could learn something. I've learned so many things from, you know, Buddhist teachings and Hindu teachings and, you know, even atheism, like, I think I probably side more with that than I do with a lot of a lot of the stuff on evangelical churches today just because they a lot of stuff that the evangelicals preach I don't believe in that god either. Yeah. It's like I don't think that's what god's like, you know? And so like, well, then I guess I agree with the atheists. Right. Not that I don't I think there's I think I don't think we're the end all be all of existence. I think I don't know, maybe we are, but Whatever is out there, if there is anything out there, I'm pretty sure it's not an old man in the sky, you know, making sure we don't masturbate. Right. Or judging you for doing so. <laughs> right, right. You know, like, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and like transitioning into, like, when did you, like, start to really pick up the guitar and, like... Yeah. Um, so I did that for... I picked up the guitar when I was 15. My parents bought me one. 
Um, and I'd played it kind of here and there. Everything In college, I was in a band. I played the bass. But the guitar itself, when I really started diving into that, really happened up here. I was playing in a few worship worship teams and stuff in a few churches, and I, but I never really played out in public, like at gigs and shows like we do now, uh, until a, a buddy of mine had a gig and he couldn't make it. So he asked me to fill in down at Flanagan's, ah. and uh, I he said, I'll be back 30 minutes. I'm just running late, uh, so just fill in for me until I get there. I was like, oh. Who's this? Okay, uh, Zach Carmen. I don't know if oh, you've no. met him. Um, he moved. He lives in Omaha now. He, oh, moved, okay. he moved away. But um, and so I was like, "Well, I'll, I'll fill in for you." And so I went there, and I I had a f- you know songs that I knew. I think I knew like twenty at the time, and I still had like the sheet music in front of me because I didn't sure. memorize things back <laughs> yeah. then. And uh, I'm playing, and he never he couldn't couldn't make it. Wow, couldn't make it. So I played three hours, and uh, it was a blast. The crowd loved it. That's when I first met Guth. He came in and. <laughs> um, gave me a twenty dollar tip and said it sounded really good, and that awesome. just led to me thinking, "Hey, maybe I could do this." Yeah. And so I just kept doing it, and now it's like it's old hat. You know, I can get on any stage and, and play, and I don't Hell I'm yeah. not, like worried or scared or anything like that. So let's just say, like you know, COVID and stuff wasn't happening. Like I think I might know where you're gonna what, what you're gonna say, but like where where would one stage be where you can you know if you if you had a pick. If I had to pick a place to play or, yeah. um, Ooh, well, I mean, obviously everybody wants to play at Red Rocks, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what I was thinking you would say. That's yeah. like, that's, so that's where I was married. My wife and I got married uh-huh. there Beautiful. and, uh, I've seen several of my favorite artists there and, uh, it's, it's, it's iconic. I mean, who, yeah. who doesn't want to walk onto that stage and play their songs, you know, oh. that would be. That would be super. If anyone's looking for my birthday's coming up in January, <laughs> if anyone's looking for anything, like book me at the yeah. Red Rocks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Red Rocks is, uh, yeah, the, the wedding there was, was sensational. It was a good time. Yeah. It was a good time. That's for sure. Okay. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Hey, here, just just hold it. Do whatever you want. Wait, 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 wait. Here we go. You know when I drink a little? <laughs> Hey, this is Paul from Smash Mouth, and I want to tell you, you're listening to Danimal Planet, and Dan is the freaking greatest dude, man, I'm telling you, all right? You got to listen to him. He fucking rules. I'm not sorry. That's, oh, that's <laughs> perfect. So you've, uh, you've, you're a big fan of John Prine and, and Merle Haggard. Yeah. And yeah. When, they, when Merle Haggard came through here, you were, you were there. Yeah, my wife Everybody brought, me, brought us tickets, surprised me with the ticket to him. We got to go see him. And like six months later, he passed. Yeah. So like we'd have, we'd have missed out. I was playing at Lucky's that night. That's oh, that's right. You were. Nobody was there. They were all at Merle Hackett. <sighs> yeah, we were. <laughs> yeah, we were. That's yeah. right. I mean, whatever. I was grateful for the gig. Don't get me wrong. Right. Right. Um, you mentioned the, the guitar and the case that Michelle Branch broke. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about the the Gibson song contest. Yeah. The, um, the J. So what's the J forty five? Is it J fifteen? J fifteen. J fifteen. And they they just started making them. I think in in twenty fifteen. That thing is beautiful. Oh, oh I love it. God. Uh, I wrote a song in, t- in 2015 and uh, American Songwriter Magazine does that lyric contest. Mm-hmm. They do like four, I think six times a year and then um, they pick a grand prize winner out of the six that win at the end of the year. And, so awesome. And I won the, I think, June and July round. And the guy called, the CEO called me up and he's like, we don't, we don't have people submit from south dakota <laughs> let alone win yeah <laughs> like i was like well That's you so do awesome. now yeah <laughs> you know and yeah so they sent me the sent me a brand new uh, gibson j15 oh. and 
uh, sure microphone and uh, I got they have like a full a full page spread in their uh, so in their cool. magazine the one if you if you find it it's the 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 green cover with Noel Gallagher on the on the cover. Oh wow, that's the one I'm in. That's so cool. Yeah, it's Do you, pretty, you have it framed. I've got multiple copies. I will as soon as I like. I want to get a special frame for it, but I'll yeah. I'll get them framed and yeah, I'll have them hanging up somewhere. But that would be awesome. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, and I the song is called "She Only Loves Me When She Lies." Good one. And it's it's just a I was listening to a bunch of Willie Nelson tunes at the time, so it's got this old school country feel and sound to it, and and. Uh, yeah, and I, I won it, and that's the guitar I've been playing with ever since. That's so awesome. Yeah, it's a beautiful <laughs> guitar. You've you've let me play it a few times. It sounds so good. It man. sure does. It's like a hot knife through butter. Yeah, I mean, it's just like that's the best way to describe yeah, it. Yeah, and it's the same cut as the forty-five. Uh, it's just brighter wood, you know, yeah. so it doesn't have that that darkness or deepness to it. But it's, yeah. dude, it sounds so great. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, that's a hell of a an accomplishment. <laughs> No, so you should was, definitely get was, that thing framed. I when I when he called me first, I thought, "Oh crap! Did I like accidentally steal someone's <laughs> lyrics and didn't know?" Because I didn't, you know. I was like, "It's why would they be calling me?" Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like I'm gonna get in trouble or something for plagiarizing. And like, nope, I, I won the guitar. And then I didn't win the the grand prize, but the grand prize is you get a trip down there for a week and you get to do a co-write with some famous songwriter artist Damn. and stuff like that which would have been cool but sure um you know i'll take the guitar i i know i at least wrote a 1500 hundred dollar song because that's, i think that's how much the guitar yeah, was. yeah the there's time, so. to get anything like that i mean but like the 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 body of work though like the song being yeah. recognized you know yeah in the magazine just think of the reach that it had yep um had you recorded that song at that time or I no? I hadn't at that time. So it's been recorded since. Did you send them the song just for shits and giggles? Um, so I, they, they posted it on their website and the article is still up there. You can hunt down previous winners throughout the years and you can see it. And on that, I commented with a link to the audio. Oh, cool. So people could, if they ever see it, they could click on it and That's listen. That's cool. Um, but, uh, but yeah, at the time I hadn't recorded it yet other than just with my like iPhone and my myself and I'm not going to send them that one. Like right. these are the Nashville. <laughs> this is American songwriter. Yeah. You know, the demos are fully produced songs. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about the podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That I've been on twice already. So yeah, thank you. Man. I still owe you another one. So well, you know. It's two to one right now. I'm going nowhere, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do another one. Don't worry. Yeah. And like I said, uh, right before the election is when I appeared on the Heath Bar uh, so when you started doing that, just kind of tell us like what, what prompted you to want to, yep. Uh, that was, uh, just came out of this random thought I had it was, man, I, you know, I'd started listening to podcasts. I thought they were a lot of fun and it's super cool. Just some of the conversations and the people that come on shows are pretty neat. And it just hit me like, man, why we could do this with the songwriters and the, the artists yeah. and the creators and the people around this area and yeah. just a chance to kind of peek behind the stage a bit and get to know the person up there playing music and yeah and everything. you've been great about that because i mean you've done like 50 something of them now where oh, yeah. like the majority of them if not all of them are all mainly like local you know yep. like you, you we talked about you had jeff drum yeah you know from crow peak yep. on there uh so not necessarily a musician but he's still a creator and a, yeah, a, a huge and huge part of the business community here yeah and just an amazing guy uh, well, Jeff Drum, we've had um, like Sean Covell, the, yep. he's the producer for Napoleon Dynamite. Sean's great, yeah. You know, he lives around here. Um, there's been a few few others I'm trying to think of off the top of my head right now. Well, I just met uh, with uh, um, uh, Jim Spears not too long ago, who was the uh, um, 
director for Art South Dakota. Mm. And he's a, he's a trumpet player, phenomenal artist himself, but he also, they are huge art advocates for the entire state. So yeah. like, so there's just these connections and these stories that you get to record and then share. And like when I was talking with Jamie Lynn about it once and, she, and the, on the show itself, and she mentioned, she goes, it's kind of like documenting the history of the music and art culture at this time, you know, yeah. so people can kind of get to know who were the players in, you know, 20s. 17 and 2018 yeah, and like 20, a time you know. capsule yeah of, kind yeah, of you no know? it's really cool but there's a lot of talent around here like i haven't even touched the surface on everybody i want to get on the show sure there's just so many yeah you know and i'm my schedule isn't exactly the freest but right well, i love are, it you are busy three kids yeah. and wife and, and it's you're the reason garage. yeah, yeah, yeah no. <laughs> you got your you got your work cut out for <laughs> you in this garage here, pal. I do. um but you are the one that helped me come up with the name i don't know if you know this i uh, i think we had we had a conversation very briefly years ago and I was kind of running around the idea of starting the podcast. And I think at one point I was going to call it like, you know, just South Dakota Songwriters Podcast and everything like that. And you mentioned, you said, oh, you should throw your name in it. I was like, what do you mean? He said, yeah, because that's, that's your brand. And if, you, if your name's in it, it helps people associate it with sure, you sure, and you yeah. with it and blah, blah, that. And I was like, oh, that's actually really clever. And then it just hit me, well, let's call it the Heath Bar. Awesome. <laughs> you know? I wish I could take credit for that. <laughs> But that's 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 great. And then your tag is the conversations on tap. Yeah, so. the chat's on tap. That's right. Chat's on tap. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like if we were sitting around having a beer, like let's just talk and be yeah. chill and get to know each other's story a bit and and hang out and, and share it. So it's and I enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. I wish I could do it all the time, you know. It's the same for me, you know, in Chicago there's no shortage of guests, you know. But yeah. it's like it's almost kind of overwhelming because there's just like Man, I I could be and like should be doing this every day. Yeah, yeah. You know, and th- what I do is like I'll I'll record a podcast. Maybe not today. I'll take this one home and mm-hmm. you know, edit it or whatever. But like when I record one, or if I if I do a phone interview with a guy, you know, let's just say the Randy Johnson podcast. Mm-hmm. Like talk to him for like an hour. The minute I hung up with him, I'm sitting there editing for four hours. Yeah, yeah. Like I just like I can't start it and then like not finish it that day. Sure. Which then sure. it turns into a seven hour ordeal. Right. Because then I then I take it a step further and I start creating commercials and right. starting to really <laughs> right. screw around. So you, you know, need to hire people for that, man. I, I just I was going to do all that and I just don't have the time. Yeah. Like I have a template that I just throw them in, do a few slices at the beginning, slices at the end, and call yeah. it good. But you know, there's people out there though that that's all they do is podcast editing that's, for people, and that's what. I, yeah, I mean, but again, I, that costs money, man. And I I love doing that. You could go you know, ask just, a church, see if they'll give you money to. That's right. Pay people to do your podcast. yeah. Just uh, just donate your time. I'll give you. I'll give them a a ten minute sermon spot. I need like, help. Yeah, please pa- pass the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun though i mean you know a lot of people rip on podcasts a lot they joke about it and they think oh you know everyone's got a podcast these days and I'm like, yeah and everybody should because it's the we we live in an era where you have the technology to record your story do it on your phone why would you not you know I mean, like literally it, just people do it all the time like yeah. the video like while they're driving oh, yeah they just like record a video of them yeah. like ranting about something it's Absolutely. like there you go you're a content creator it's pretty sweet i mean why not I told my dad that I gave him one of my iPhone mics and I was like, just when you, when you can just pop it in. If you think of a story from your youth or story growing up, just record the story and send it to me. And yeah. I'll just have all of these stories Archive. that I grew up with you telling me and they'll always be around, you know? Yep. And like, it's, it's great. Yeah. And you get the chance to meet a lot of really awesome people doing some pretty cool things. If you, depending on what kind of show you want to do, you know, mine's interview. It, it, it doesn't all have to be interview, but the people I've met through it and the connections that I've made through it and, it's just been 
been fun. Yeah. I mean, man, there's a lot of cool people just around this area. Yeah. You know, let alone, you know, if, if you had a podcast that went nationwide or globally, like, well, right. it's unbelievable. Yeah. You know? Um, I've gotten to, you know, advertise it and talk about it on NPR a few times here in That's the area cool. and just share what's going on with the show and, you know, with different artists and that. And so, like I said, I've had people like you on for a couple of times now. Yeah, so. no, I appreciate it. So it's uh website and Spotify and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, the Heath bar podcast.com. And then it's all on, it's on Spotify and iTunes and Google play, Amazon, all everywhere you find a podcast. Same with your music. So the music's all up in all those places as well. Um, I'm Heath Johnson, or then my band is called The Ruthless West. We've got an EP up there as well. That's on iTunes as well. Yep, yep. it sure is. And uh, yeah, it's you know just creating stuff, man. Just doing what you can and and hoping for the best. Well, it's the time of year for it now because we're we're indoors now. <laughs> Nothing's happening for a while. Nothing's outside. going on. No. You know, like I'm I'm back here right now temporarily just getting some work done and i figured well dude we got to do this pot i'm going to gillette tomorrow to, to yeah. sit down with ben nice ben is uh you know him on too. he's you know what he's such a great guy and, yeah. and he's got multiple businesses that he's running and now he's he's doing cbd oil yeah. businesses and stuff so i really want to like kind of now awesome. in, in recent news of course south dakota and the others uh, approving the medical marijuana and, and recreational as well and which recreational is, which is you know and i think anytime it's going to get on the ballot for a vote it's going to get approved because I mean, every measure that was put on any ballot in any state, they all passed. Yeah. And I think that's the problem. The re the thing that's happening right now is people, they don't want to put it to a vote because they know it's going to pass. This is incredible. Oh, yeah. I talked with her, um, Melissa uh, Metley. She was the director for um, the New Approach South Dakota that helped wow. get that passed. And that's she was awesome. on my, my show a few weeks back. And that was really interesting talking with her and what got her into it and everything. Do you remember the episode number? Was it 50? Um, yeah, it was only a few episodes back. Yeah. Um, now the Heath bar podcast.com folks, uh, yeah. check that out. You know, Sean Covell, film producers, uh, beer producers, musicians, actors, venue owners. Um, number 58. Yeah. Super cool. It was, it was really neat getting to talk to her and hearing how all of this came about and then watching it pass election night was pretty incredible oh i was following that from illinois like, yeah wait yeah. what and that made the news i mean yeah, we're like, the first state to approve both in the, both same, the same election cycle well dude thanks for uh hosting my show in your house <laughs> anytime man <laughs> on your equipment <laughs> i love your show i'm glad we were finally able to do this um this we'll do it great. again like Absolutely. I, said, I mean i i've been coming back and forth uh from chicago it's like that drive i can just like do the drive with mm -hmm. my eyes closed now Mikasa su casa. Oh, dude, thanks, man. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers. Cheers, cheers. Cheers. Oh, that coffee sucks. She only calls me when she cries. When someone else has broke her heart. She only calls me late at night. She only calls me when she cries She only holds me with her eyes When her arms are reaching out for him As if to pray I'll be alright She only holds me with her
to this message. While taking measures to prevent the spread of COVID-19 and more recently COVID toes, lately we're warning citizens seriously affected by prolonged quarantining about a new strand called COVID cock. Continuous, often extreme exposure to quarantine rapidly exposes one to COVID cock. Causes and symptoms include bad decisions, no game, blue balls, improper lotion utilization, you're just boring, incorrect towel use, idiotic social media posts due to alcohol consumption, shitty Bumble and Tinder profile pictures, and so many more. COVID cock can only be treated by enjoying copious amounts of alcohol orally, ideally with a partner. We gently encourage you to wash COVID cock with both hands for more than 20 seconds. If that doesn't cure it, just keep trying. There is no testing for COVID cock. You just know. COVID cock can sneak up on you. Verbal reinforcements are always encouraged while alleviating the burden. With COVID-19, masks are strongly recommended and slow the spread. However, treating COVID cock with a mask will only delay the treatment. This message is brought to you by the Kermit the Frog Foundation and the Handy Reacher on sale for $9.97. Still quarantining? Save big money and grab yourself, literally, a handy reacher available at participating Menard stores. Please consult a physician and then your neighborhood Menards. This is not a real ad, you moron. I believe in happy endings. Starry skies.